Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power Your Life Radio Show with host and success doc Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and thanks so much for joining us on Power Your Life, and I'm Joanne White, and it's always a pleasure to be here, and I adore my guests because they have so much to share with us and to enrich our lives and to help us move forward, and oftentimes there are things that go on, whether it's in the family or in the school or in the community that we don't speak about, abuse of behavior, other kinds of challenges that people really are hushed up about, and that needs to stop. And I have this special person who really does so much in that area, and I'm talking about Lisa Zarcone, who is a survivor of child abuse herself. She's an author, a child mental health advocate, as well as a public speaker. And Lisa is the MA National Ambassador for NASCA, which is an organization that helps and supports people who are struggling from past trauma and abuse. As an ambassador, Lisa uses her personal story and her title as a platform to speak publicly about child abuse and also mental health. Lisa's mission is to educate and to bring awareness to child abuse, trauma prevention, intervention, as well as recovery. She believes that we must break the silence and diminish the stigma behind child abuse. And I love this. Lisa considers herself an inspirationalist, which she is, because she offers hope and inspiration every single day through social media. She follows her motto that, quote, through our words and support, we can help others begin their own healing journey. And Lisa's also a panel host on NASCA's radio show, Stop Child Abuse Now, which is also on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Lisa Zarcone. Oh, thank you, Joanne. It's so good to be on the show today. Um, I'm glad to be here to share with you. And I am very excited to have you. I think what you're doing is incredible, and it's so important, and you are a major figure in breaking that silence. So let's talk a little bit about your story, because you have survived child abuse, and you've written this beautiful memoir, The Unspoken Truth, from a child, a memoir from a child's perspective. Tell us a little bit about that past your childhood and and why you wrote the book and and we'll get more into all of what you do. Okay, yes, um the unspoken truth and I named my my book the unspoken truth for that exact reason because my story was silent for years. My pain and my suffering and everything I'd gone through remained silent for years because I was so traumatized the words could not come out and when they finally did come out 
I realized that not only was I working towards self-healing, but I, I needed to help others get to where I am today. So the unspoken truth, you know, begins, you know, when I'm young, I'm six years old and, you know, my mom has been struggling with mental illness and my brother is sick. My brother is sick with leukemia and he passes away at the age of nine. So my dad always said the day that my brother passed away was the day we lost my mother as well. And this is such a true statement because my mom could never recoup after losing her son and, and with her desperate battle with, with her illness. And I take you back to the time of the 70s. This was in the 70s, so everything that went on in the home was always hush-hush. You never spoke of anything outside the home. So everything was always silent. Even my mother's illness was silent. It wasn't addressed properly. And because she didn't get the proper help and support she needed, we both fell through the cracks. So writing my story from the child's perspective was so important to do because we look at many books about, you know, child abuse and, and every each and every one is important. But I wanted it to be a little different. I wanted people to understand the child's perspective and I had to dig deep and write from my not only just my memories but from my gut, from my feelings, from my pain. And that was difficult but it was something I knew I needed to do because I wanted people to truly understand what the child thought in the moment. So, again, my book is very raw. It's graphic at times. I know some people have had a hard time reading it because it can be triggering. And I always tell people that, take it in little stages because it is hard at times. But such an important read because it shows the true difficulty of the child. And and for myself, you know, feeling invisible and feeling that pain and not knowing where to put it. And I talk a lot about that in my book and, you know, how I was vulnerable and I was preyed upon by others because I wasn't being taken care of properly and my mom was struggling so desperately. So this also shows, you know, people and out in the community that a child who is struggling is prey to other forms of abuse. So with my mother, it was mental and emotional and physical. And with another abuser that came into play, it was sexual abuse. And it was torturistic sexual abuse, which was horrific on top of everything else I was already dealing with. So that is my story. And I write about it in such a way that it also shows hope in in the worst, darkest of times. I talk about you know, wanting to end my life, you know, suicide at the age of 13 because I couldn't handle it anymore, that isolation of what the silence does to a person. So I talk about a lot of things, but in a sense, if you, as you go through my story, you get that sense of drive, you get the sense of determination, and you also get the sense of wanting to heal from an awful situation and wanting to make change. So it is jam-packed with many, many things, and writing it from the child's perspective, it, it seems sometimes a little clouded and choppy in my writing. But I did that specifically, again, because I wanted people to understand the true mindset of a child in that moment and how trauma does damage to your developmental dis You know, it's a developmental disability. I look at, as I've researched, you know, as I've gotten older and realized these things that connect so deeply with my, my past. So it is damaging to to the mind on so many levels, and you have to work at regaining and recouping from all of that. So you know, I do hope that – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Finish, and then I'll, then I'll talk. Go ahead. 
Yes, I was just going to say hope? I do hope that my story will just give other people hope and that drive to break their own silence and let that healing process begin. And, you know, that's so very important. You and I spoke earlier that, that even though it's not the 70s, it's a totally different time, there's still stigma around mental health and there's still a lot of silence around child abuse, whether it's physical, verbal, or sexual. And it's still rampant, which is which is unfortunate. I want to go back a little bit to your you know your your beautiful book, because you ha- when you wrote it, you sort of had to relive a lot of the the childhood memories and moments. Was that very disturbing to do that? Did you have some support while you were going through that, or what? Yes, you know. It it really was hard to do, and I did have to step away many times because it was kicking in, you know, the PTSD, the flashbacks, and the memories, you know, were very difficult. So I did reach out and, and work with a therapist during some of that time frame, and he really did help me put things into perspective. And the more I wrote and the more I worked through those things, I found myself becoming stronger, and I found myself being able to say the words out loud without totally falling apart. So it really was a process, and it took me six years. So it wasn't like I just got into it, wrote it, and boom, it was out there. It was a six-year process, and in between that process, both of my parents were ill with two, at two different time frames, and I had to deal with that, physical illnesses as well, and, and I did lose both of my parents in the process of putting this book together. Sorry about that. That's hard, too. Um, You know, oftentimes, and this isn't you necessarily, but oftentimes many people, many, many people who've gone through sexual or physical abuse, when they're going through the trauma, the actual events are happening, they kind of go out of their body to, to, to not deal with the pain of it. And oftentimes their memories of what happened are so very clouded. I work with people like that. And then something later on in life, it could be an adult, as an adult, something triggers that memory, that, that realization as to what was going on. Now, that wasn't you, right? I mean, tell us about where you were with that. You know, it's interesting because when I reached my teenage years, I was really trying to squash the pain and and pushing it aside and pushing it aside. And I felt it was the only way I could survive what happened to me is if I squashed it. So my mindset was about succeeding, moving forward, making something out of my life. I wanted my own family. There's all these goals I had for myself, so I squashed it. And that did help me in the moment, but... Fast forward to being a wife, a mother of three small children, dealing with a mom who was so severely mentally ill and the damage from the past in my face every single day, I did hit a point in my life where I fell apart. It all came seeping out. I had, you know, nightmares for years, but then all of a sudden it came to a point where the flashbacks were so intense and I had to deal with it. So that was my first time stepping into therapy in a therapist's office for myself, not for my mother. And I had to deal with my truth, my unspoken truth, and I had to put it out there piece by piece. And it was devastating to say the words out loud, devastating to hear myself say, 
I was abused. And, and to say the details of what happened to me. And I, then I had to take the bigger step and share it with my husband of 10 years. Now, here we are, 10 years married, three children later. He only knew bits and pieces. He never knew the full story because I couldn't verbalize. That's how damaged I was from my past. I couldn't verbalize it. And now every single thing was in my face. And I was still trying to be successful as a wife and a mother and, you know, and, and doing all these things. And it was a very, very dark time for me. And, you know, I'm grateful my husband, I mean, I dropped a bomb on him. I mean, it was a bomb, you know. He was shocked. He couldn't believe it. And then we had to rebuild from there. I had to rebuild myself, and we had to rebuild our relationship and make our family strong. And those are the things we did work on. But it was very hard. It was very, very difficult. And yet, here you are, not only thriving through what you've, you know, what you've experienced, but sharing that with other people so that other people can heal and also bring so much awareness to it. Did your mother ever recognize what she was going through or get help or even apologize or, or, or something like that? It's, you know, my mom, a very interesting story with her. You know, her, she was she was severely mentally ill, and she rode the roller coaster of the highs and the lows, the manias, and, you know, she was on medication. She was ther- in therapy. She, she was the rotating person in and out of the psychiatric unit. She battled this for years upon years, and she, was, she always acknowledged that she was sick. And, and, you know, I talk about this a lot, and it's, it's going to sound awful when I say this, but my mother would say, you know, you know, Lisa, what do you want from me? I'm, and I won't swear, but, like, I'm effing crazy. So she knew and was very aware of her illness. Could she control herself all the time? No. When she was not on her medication, she was extremely out of control. And she also had was, was, was schizoaffective behaviors. So she wasn't a true schizophrenic, but she did have those behaviors when she was manic. And my mom would change into many different people. And, you know, I rode the roller coaster my whole life with her. And as a child, it was it was so traumatic and and devastating and damaging but yeah she was aware and you know and my mom at the end of her life you know she says to me you know Lisa I'm really sorry for what I've put you through and those were like one of the last words she ever said to me before she passed away she said to me I'm sorry I am sorry for everything that's happened so you know she was aware definitely and at least you got an apology it didn't it didn't take care of all the years of trauma and what you went through, but at least she was able to do that before she passed. I think that that's, that's, that's hopeful. It is. It is important. And, you know, it doesn't change, it doesn't change what happened and what happened, you know, was, was brutal. And, you know, but I always, I always loved my mother in regards to she was my mom, and I knew she was a sick woman. So I did always love my mom. I was my mom's advocate. I was my mom's biggest supporter to get her the help that she needed. And I was always there for her, and I was there for her right up until the day she died. And I don't regret that because when you look at the mental health piece, my mother did not get the proper help and support she needed. And so many people out there today still live in that that bubble of pain because stigma because of society because of could be lack of insurance it could be a whole bunch of things but when you don't have that proper support you do fall and you fall hard and the other reason I advocate for children as well is because who falls with them 
the children. And mm-hmm. this is what we need to work on to change and to bring awareness to because it, it does need to stop. We do need to break these stigmas and break the silence and change things because our next generation of children need us. Our generation that's already broken needs us. So what do we do with all that? You know, we have to talk about it. We have to push for change. And that's where you come in, 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 you know, in such a beautiful and important way. Now, when children are going through this, I mean, you can't speak for every child, obviously, but how do they get that sense of resilience that you are able to have to to get through it, survive, and then be able to do exactly what you did, even though it was a little bit painful and having to go back into the memories and, and relive a lot of it. How do they get to that place of resilience? And and what do you do to help people there? You know, and I think back to childhood and I think back to all the awful times and I think like, okay, Lisa, what was the things that most made you happy? And I really can put myself there in those moments because what made me happy and what was the resilience inside of me was going out into nature, walking with my dog, sitting under the trees, writing and drawing. I was always such a creative child and young adult. And I always want, and it was like bringing me into a whole other world. And I think that is really an important thing to know. Like many children, I can't speak for all children, but I know for many children, when they put themselves in that moment, it's like giving their mind a rest, giving their brain a rest from all this trauma and abuse that's happening around them, the dysfunction. So I, I do remember clearly walking out into the woods and sitting there and it was silent and serene and I I, I loved it. It was just like my little safe haven and I do believe many children have that quality and I believe it's the innocence, the the innocent child resilience that they always think it's going to get better. It has to get better, you know, and I think kids do have that inner hope and I know I carried that with me all the way through. I mean, there was times, of course, I faltered and I was in such a dark place where I didn't think I was going to to make it. But there was always something that gave me another glimmer of hope. And I think that's where children are different than adults. And, and, and when I say that we should gear into children in the moment, I think we'll have a better success rate of helping that child in the moment and through all of it than looking back as the adult trying to fix what is so so past and so dark and and been sinning for so long so you know the children of today i think if we can get to them young and work through it with them we'll definitely have a better success rate of helping them through such a hard time you know i i totally agree with you i think it's so important and i think adults can learn from that too because being in nature accessing that creativity that's I believe is within all of us it really helps and having that that upbeat attitude that this that hope that you talked about that despite what we're going through that we can come out of it we can move forward or something I think that's something that all of us need to embrace and take heart uh, with to be able to to change or shift or look at our circumstances whatever we're going through in such a, a new way. I love what you're doing with NASCA. Can you tell us a little bit about w- how that came about and what you're doing and why that work is so important and meaningful, not just to you and to, I mean, to, I think globally it's so important. 
It is very important. You know, NASCA is the national uh, – uh, I'm sorry. The na- <laughs> I'm going to lose my train of thought here. You know, the um, a National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse, and when you look at that, adult survivors. So we're reaching out to the adult survivors of many different things. You know, it branches out beyond just child abuse, but child abuse is our main focus, the adult survivor. But I did get involved with them through Bill Murray, who is the, you know, he he runs NASCA. He is the head of NASCA. And he reached out to me to be on their show, to be on their blog talk radio show and talk about my story. And I love our radio show for the fact that we do have many adult survivors that come on. They share their stories. They share what they're doing. They share how they're giving back. We're giving other people hope. We're giving other people support. So that is how my whole journey with them started. So after the show was over, I stayed connected with Bill, and Bill reached out to me, and he's like, you know, Lisa, I really think you have what it takes to be an ambassador. Would you be willing to do it? And I said, of course I would. It was like I was honored. I was like, yes, this is something, you know, I've been wanting to do, and to be able to connect with an organization was big for me and you know it wasn't just about putting my story out there and selling books it was about putting my story out there and through NASCA I was able to do that and in return abdicating and abdicating right here in Massachusetts I'm, you know and I'm all over the place I mean uh, you know I'm all over you know social media and all different aspects and it's wonderful because with my title and my story and I share and people are continually coming to me and and writing to me and, and connecting with me and asking different things and you know I'm always willing to help in any way possible so abdicating is 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 such a dual role because it's not only that you're you know, sharing and bringing awareness to this, but you're also helping other people who are struggling and you're supporting. And that's the big thing for NASCA. We support. We support those who struggle. And when you look at mental health issues, you look at addictions, you look at all these things, where does it all resonate from? Where does it begin? It begins with the childhood. You look back, anybody who looks back who's been through problems and issues and and struggles, go back to your childhood. Where was the point that triggered the madness? And I, I find nine times out of ten you will find most people it starts at a young age and things progress forward. So if we can bring you back to the childhood and work slowly forward, we are helping somebody through their struggles. We are helping somebody hopefully get to those next steps of healing. So NASCA has been a wonderful opportunity for me, and I love being a part of this organization. And the NASCA family, they really are a wonderful group of people who truly want to help. So I, I encourage anybody to get onto NASCA.org and check us out because we really do have a great a great little community right there, and we're always willing to help. I love it, and and I think it's uh, the work that you're doing and the work that NASCA's doing is is, is so very vital and, and important, and we need it. We need it. We do um, need it. You know, just as a personal aside, my father w- was in w- in the war, and he came back with post traumatic stress syndrome, and nobody knew about that at the time. And some of his, I mean, he some of, he was wonderful at times, and then at some other times, I remember just just being terrified of his behavior and it was a very mixed kind of situation and we didn't even know what was going on till years later like even identifying that's what was going on with him and it just seemed like why is he behaving like that you know he's my right. dad and very scaring scary it's very scary yeah. to witness and you know for myself witnessing my mom's behaviors my mom would become 
violent. I mean, I was on the hand of that violence many, many times. And it wasn't just by a hand. It was by an object. It was, you know, her mm. words. And I think that when you think about those things, like with the with the PTSD and you're not understanding what's happening, and those words come out, and boy, do they hurt. Those words hurt deeply. Yes, words are sometimes just as powerful as as some come, something that's physical too, and and people don't recognize. They think, oh well, I didn't I didn't lay a hand on her. I didn't. But what you said can never be taken back, and what you said to to your daughter, to your son, whatever, stays with them and actually shapes who they are and what happens with them later life so it's so important so how do we break the silence what needs to be done to change attitudes to change behavior to to have people speak up and share and that's a big one you know breaking the silence and people are afraid to speak up for so many reasons you know there's fear there's shame there's protocol I used to hear that all the time from my own family we didn't speak up because of protocols you know certain steps certain people have to get involved so how do we change that thought process we continue to talk about it we keep pushing the envelope we keep putting it out there I've had many people say to me Lisa when are you going to talk about something else I'm like, when things actually change, when things actually change, I'll go on to another subject. But right now, we are going to talk about child abuse. We are going to talk about how mental health and it's all tied together because there's too many people still out there suffering, the children suffering, adults that are suffering. And we do need to break the silence by speaking, by by encouraging other people to speak. And when I do my workshops and I go out and I do author talks, all these things, and people will come up, come up to me afterwards and say, you have spoken your truth and you're so powerful with that. I feel strong enough to speak my, my unspoken truth. And I've had many people say that to me. I've had people come up to me up in their 80s that have said, I've never spoken about my past ever, but I'm willing to do it now. That's huge. Wow. That's yes, huge, well. and and it, it's profound and it's powerful, but it's it's so phenomenal because you're touching people on that, such a level that they feel comfortable enough, safe enough, and that's the other term, safe. We need to let people know that it's safe to speak about it. It's safe to say, I struggle with mental illness. It's safe to say, I was an abused child, but that's not... That's not who I am as a person, and I think those are the things we need to continue to do is push it, push it farther, and, and, you know, be part of community and our schools and our children. Be a part of those things. You know, we all run around with these busy, crazy lives, but we can all give a little, and if we all just give a little, it's a lot. It's amazing, you know, what you can do with a little bit of your time and mentoring. There's a whole other thing, mentoring children and young adults, showing them the difference, showing a child who's struggled that, okay, this is your life right now, and it's really awful, but it's not going to stay this way forever. You have the ability, and here we are giving you the support to make those changes. So there's so many ways that people can reach out into their own communities and help to break that silence. And it really all starts with with kindness and and being strong in your in your virtues and what you what you want to do to help others. You know, and that's so important because when you're standing up and speaking your truth and sharing the unspoken, 
those people, like that woman that came up to you in, in her 80s and shared, those people, like you said, and it's so important, feel, feel that they also, and you said this, but I wanted to reiterate it because I think it's so important, that they also can speak up, that there's a sense of protection, that it's okay. Many people, even women, many women and men who've gone through sexual abuse or any kind of physical abuse, you mentioned shame, and there's so much shame about it. They think that it's their fault. And years ago, when women were, were saying that they were sexually abused, whether it was being a child or a teenager, whatever, it was, well, what did you do to entice him? What did you do to, to you know, it was like put being put on the, the victim, the, and, and that's, that was the attitude. And I'm so glad that, that that's changed. And I'm so glad that you are speaking so that other people feel that it's okay to come forward with their truth and it's okay to support other people because that's the only way I believe that change is, is going to happen. And even though it's slow, it's it's happening. Now, you mentioned m- mentoring and working in schools, and, and before the show, you and I talked a little bit about what you want to do and what you're doing with schools. So can you share that with, with our listeners, Lisa? Yes, I mean it is important to mentor and and honestly what I'm looking at now as as a next goal for myself is to bring mental health awareness into the school systems. You know, talk about not only just, you know, we have the not just but we have the bullying, we have the suicide prevention. All these things are happening. And if you connect it all together, it all comes down to mental health. You know, healthy children, healthy minds, mental health, self-care, all these things that if we can teach our children again starting at a young age working on up, we can make such a difference in their lives. So at this time I am looking at trying to get some programming into the schools. I live here in Springfield, Massachusetts, and I'm looking to reach out to try to get a a few schools on board and then, of course, working with the educational system because you have to get all these approvals, but to bring it in maybe through health classes, you know, because it is part of health, your mental health. And if we can start teaching children, you know, the self-worth, the self-confidence and all these things and working on their own mental health, we are giving them a great foundation. And it also will give them a safe place to speak and to share. And if we can teach children again at a young age that it's okay to speak and to share, we are we will make progress. We will definitely see a huge difference in our children as they grow because they have so much to deal with in just a regular daily routine of peer pressure and all the things that happen. So let's give them a strong basis. Let's give them, give them a good, strong mental balance. And, and I really believe we can do that through programming. So that is something I'm looking to push into right now. So I'm hoping to move forward with that. So we'll see what, you know, 2020 brings. <laughs> Well, I'd love to help you with that because I think it's very important. And also, as we're helping bring that that mental health awareness into schools, we're shaping children's futures. Oftentimes, the the person that is a bully was somebody that was bullied in their past by by someone, perhaps even a 
a, a close relative or a family member, and it it's so important that that person is helped to heal and to understand that that's, that there are other ways of of going through their pain and being able to to heal so that they don't they don't become the next bully or the next abuser, and that they're again that they they have other alternatives and and they can heal from their past wounds. So I love yes. that idea because I think it's so it's so necessary. So I love what you're doing. You know that already. <laughs> I do, and I thank you, and I appreciate that so much. I love what you do too because you you do offer inspiration as well every day, and I do appreciate that. I I I like listen, reading other people's ideas and thoughts because I think we all learn from one another. Oh, excuse yes, me, because I've had a cold, so I'm like a little bit <laughs> of congested here. So I'm sorry about that. No, no worries, and thank you for for that for what you said. So I want to know what you know. What else? I what's next for you? Other books or whatever? I know this this idea of bringing mental health into the school system is a really strong initiative. And like I said, I'd love to help you in any way I can with that. So what's next? What else? You're so full of ideas and enthusiasm and energy in this regard and to help people. And so I just see you as this incredibly beautiful, expansive being. Oh, my God, thank you. Uh, what is next for Lisa Zarcon in 2020? Uh, I, I appreciate your words. Thank you. Um, I do have a lot of thoughts and ideas. And, and right now, you know, not only you know with with educating and bringing awareness out there but i do have a children's series that i wrote that i want to get out there into the world because this connects to the children this connects to my own grandchild phoebe when she came to live with us children were like making fun of her because she was being raised by her grandparents and now she's in kindergarten being bullied by other children mm. making fun of her and she was so sad all the time so I said to her let's write some books let's put something together so Phoebe and Valentine's Great Adventures and it's a wonderful little series and it's about Phoebe and her bear going on all these great adventures with Mima and Grandpa she's being raised by her grandparents but she's in a loving safe happy home and thriving and doing fantastic so this is a little series that can teach children as well as adults that family units are all unique and special. And if mm. a child is not being raised by two parents, it's okay. It's okay because everyone's family unit is different. And and we see a lot more of that now in this day and age. So, you know, why not let the children also know that it is okay. It's okay as long as you're happy and you're safe and you're loved. Every family unit is different. So that's one thing that I have happening right now. I'm looking to get it published. So there's one thing. And I'm also working on book two, which is called The Book of Joanne. And Joanne is my mother and my mom's journey with her mental illness. So I'm writing her story now from the beginning, from her birth and her childhood on up until she met my dad and got married and her struggles with mental illness from childhood on up. And I touch upon her past to show where some of her mental health struggles came from. And some is abusive and some is generational and, you know, things that were passed down, you know. And then I talk about my history with my mother and how mental health affected us as mother and daughter. So right now I'm knee deep in this story and it, it's and it's been a whole other journey because now I'm looking at life through my mother's eyes and I'm pulling from 
memories that her and I shared together. She did talk to me a lot about her past, things I wrote down. I journaled when I used to speak with my mom at times because my mom, in all of her illness and all of her struggles, she always said to me, Lisa, our stories need to be told, not just your Mm. story and what happened. She goes, my story. And my mom did have that wisdom in, in the midst of all of that to know that change would never happen unless we shared our stories. And I promised her that I would write her story. So that is one of the big things that I am doing right now. You know, that's amazing that she, that even during during all of the, I'm going to say, the, the, the craziness, the 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 depression, the ups and downs or whatever that she was going through, she had that idea and that forward thinking in the midst of, of all of it that, that the story needed to be told. You know, we didn't talk about your dad in all of this. Was he just a, a bystander? How, how did he see that his daughter, you, were were being abused by his wife, your mom, and, and what did he do or could he do anything to to help you or to shift the circumstances? Yeah, my dad. You know, it, it. I've really, really examined a lot of that, and him and I did have those conversations later on in life. You know, in the moment when I was a young girl and my brother passed, my dad fell apart along with my mother. They lost mm. their son, their firstborn child. And this is not making excuses. This is really looking at my parents' perspective. And I found healing through that, and I found forgiveness through that because I have been able to look through their eyes and their journey. And for my dad, my dad was this big, strong man who, you know, was so proud of his family and for the accomplishments and, um, excuse me, and everything fell apart in his lap. And he did fall apart. And he jumped into focusing on work and not being home, and he couldn't handle it. He couldn't deal with it. Again, mental health was not something that was talked about or even understood, so he didn't even understand his wife and what she was going through. So with that, he did walk away at one point, and I think (coughs) – excuse me, I'm so sorry – I think for one reason he walked away was because I think he was trying to save himself. Mm-hmm. And I think he was so broken that he couldn't see beyond that. And I think, unfortunately, I'm the one who got left behind. I was the one who was forgotten in that mess. And the damage came and the abuse came. And I, by the time he came back into my world in a more stronger place, I was, an, I was a, a late teen going into my adulthood, and I've already went through the anger and the pain and then so many things I harbored and held. But as I, you know, had went through my stuff, I did confront him in regards to it. And he did say to me, you know, on, on, in, in many different types of words that he was sorry. And, and it did hurt him to know that I hurt in such a, a length that I did. And I don't think he saw it until later on because I think he was so drowning in his own, his own world of, of misery and damage. You know that's so unfortunate too, and I think the loss of a child can can blind people for a while, like you said, because they're going through their own pain and and just trying to make it through is very difficult. Lisa, you and I could talk forever. We're running we out could. of time. <laughs> <laughs> it did go quick, didn't it? 
It does. We have to have you on again. Actually, I'd love to when when that book gets published, the children's book and your mom's book. We'd lo- I'd love to be able to promote it because I think those both those both of them are going to be very very valuable. So oh, tell thank you. I would our love list- to come back. <laughs> yes, yes, good. Tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you, how they can get a hold of your beautiful book, The Unspoken Truth, a memoir, The Child's Perspective, find out more about what you do with NASCA and participate in breaking the silence and moving forward in healing. Yes. I mean, there's so many ways to reach out to me. So first of all, I'll tell you that um, if you want to find me, go right to my website, lisazarcone.net. And my website is filled with many great things. It, you know, it talks about my story, my book, but I also, I blog. I blog about many important topics that I really do think are great tools for people to start a conversation. You know, they are, they, they, I go deep with different, different scenarios and different topics that are really, you know, on the front lines right now. So definitely go to my website and check it out. Check out my blog page. And also, I'm all over social media. And I tell people all the time, Google Lisa Zarcone, you're going to find me everywhere. You know, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm all over. And what I love about my Facebook, I have a Facebook inspirational page. I have two pages. I have my personal and my inspirational page. So the inspirational page, I am on there every single day. And I do have a big following. And I love the people that I, that follow me because we share with each other every day. And I offer hope and support and inspiration. And people write to me all the time. And I am always willing to help. So I always say reach out to me because I am here. I'm always, you know, willing to help. And then, of course, going over to NASCA, NASCA.org. Our website has many wonderful free services that people can, you know, look into and and look for support that way. And our blog talk radio, you know, we have guests, you know, three nights a week we have guests. And then two nights a week we do question and answers. People can call in, be part of the show, you know, ask the questions. There's just so much out there. And I'm really, I'm really approachable, and I tell people all that time as well. I'm so approachable. Just reach out to me because I will respond, and I do my best to respond to each and every single person that writes to me. Wonderful. We have someone that may have a question. Are you okay with that? Oh, absolutely. Okay, hold on. So, hello, you're on the line. Hello. Hello. Hi, how are you? Do you want I'm to share fine. Some? My name is. Sure. Uh, I just came upon your show on Blog Talk, and I was listening, and you guys sound very interesting. And I was listening to the young lady regarding her abuse when she was a a, a child. I, I guess I just caught the tail end of it with her father, or she went through some kind of abuse. Her mother. Yes. Yes, it was from my mother. Oh, her mother. Because I can relate to that. Because when I was a young child, my my mom divorced my father, and uh, she went and she found herself a lover because she realized she was a lesbian. But uh, my mother had a, a substance problem, substance abuse problem, and uh, I was very abused by her 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 partner a lot as a as a you child. Know, that, so I can kind of relate that, to that, you. That's a difficult story too, and it's it's hard, especially when your mom brings in a new partner that takes whatever out on on her child. You might want to read Lisa's book, right. The Unspoken Truth, a memoir, and connect with her. We are getting ready to end the show, right. but thank you for 
sharing, and oh. you can also always uh, come to my show, yeah. blog uh, Power Your Life, uh, I, every Wednesday at noon. Thanks so much. Lisa, thank you so much for, again, for all that you do and for shedding light on child abuse and mental health awareness and for being having a prominent role in helping all of us heal. I believe as, as that as societies, when, when people are suffering from silence, from abuse, from pain, from that to some extent we all are suffering because we're connected. So thank you for all that you do. I appreciate you. Well, thank you so much for having me on. And I just want to say to the gentleman that called in, please reach out to me. Um, reach out to lisazarcone.net or, or look up Lisa Zarcone and find me on Facebook or other social media avenues, NASCA. We are here to help. And if you want to talk about certain things, we're willing to help you. So please, if you're listening, connect with me or like Joanne said, connect with her, but we are willing to help. So I just wanted to put that out there. But yes, we are all here to help each other. We're all in this together and we can break the silence. Wonderful. Thank you. Have a beautiful day, Lisa. So think about what Lisa said and all the powerful work that she's doing to help us heal, to help children feel that they have a voice that they can speak up and to break the silence of abuse and mental health so that we can build a society and not just in in one country, a society that's built on trust and love and support and initiative and resilience. It's so very important to to do that for all of us. And if you want to get a hold of me, you can go, I'll give you the short version, to my website, docwhite, D-O-C-W-H-I-T-E dot org. And remember, no matter what you've been through, whether even whether even if you've been through abuse or neglect or whatever, you have power within you. You may not recognize that yet. You may not know it. You may not even feel it. But reach out, as Lisa said, and also take a step forward. Even reaching out is a step forward into receiving and feeling more powerful within yourself. Do that today. Take a step forward and power your life any way you can. Be the beautiful person that you were meant to be. And thank you so much for sharing with us today and being with us. Have a beautiful day wherever you are. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.